And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks. Good energy, smart organics. www.guruenergy.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Gluck and Zach Bartles. Welcome to another episode of the Gut Check Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zach Bartles. And, and Zach, this episode is, uh, well, uh, it's special for a number of reasons. One is that uh, last time we were together, we recorded an episode and then we listened to it and decided that it, it sucked horribly and it was sad. And, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a sad thing. It wasn't sad in a funny way. Like a lot of the things that we do are, are sad, like me collecting jerseys and you sort of making your own you know, cases for your instruments and that sort of thing. It was like, it was actually sad. And, and in that we decided to never ever let anyone listen to it. Right. Um, so we've scrapped that episode. Uh, we are back. We're back in the guru energy studios and, uh, we're feeling better today. And I I think part of the problem, uh, with the last one was that neither of us felt like recording. That's, that's what it was. And we were doing it out of obligation, which I think we owe the listeners more than obligation, man. We owe them passion. And Passion, uh, engagement, involvement, brand identity, uh, brand identity, not treating this like a job, you know, um, and, and this is not a job. This is uh, this is gut check. So this is us doing what we want to do all the time. Gut check is the um, opposite of a job. It is the opposite of the job. We're so, gut uh, checks job. What's that? We're gut checks job. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I don't I'm know what that means it. either, but I like the sound of it. You know, <laughs> Zach, this is another kind of. Um, I don't know, landmark episode in that um, I I don't know about you, but I, I've heard some rumors, some rumblings um, that you're going to be retiring after this episode. And, and what's crazy about that is that I will be also. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am actually retiring from podcasting temporarily or permanently, kind of a nebulous temper, temper permanency. Um, yeah. Is yours going to be permanent or? Well, you know, I don't know. That's the funny thing about it. It's, uh, <laughs> it may or may not be. So. Do you want to give me kind of just a basic timeline, maybe when I could expect to see you back or not? Yeah, I think it could be anywhere from. I haven't really sussed this out in my own <laughs> mind yet, so I so I appreciate you pushing me on that. Yeah, um, I'm leaning on you, if you will. You're leaning into this issue with me. Um, I see this being a five to seven day retirement. Okay, well, I I'm actually going to be gone longer. I'm not going to be back. Uh, in this chair next time, and okay. and you're going to need to find a replacement for me for at least the next episode. Okay, man. I'll and to, uh, you know, well, if, I'm retired, so I'm I'm not going to be doing anything show related for the next five to seven mm, days. I'll tell you so. what, I will commit, and I, usually that's that <laughs> something good happens after <laughs> that, someone that, says that's that. That's worked so well for us in the past when people have committed to do things for us. <laughs> I will commit at least this one last thing to find a replacement for you. Okay. If you will find a replacement for me, I know I, I sometimes wait till the last minute, but you know, and know with this kind of thing, things, they get crazy. But, but would, uh, would you commit to that? I will. I will, I will commit to that. All right. I'll, so I'll, we'll we'll at least have two people doing this next time. Yeah, and people something. can trust it to be funny and entertaining and kind of the same sort of thing that it's been in the past. It will be the gut check podcast that they've grown to know and love. I think is what we're saying. Yeah, nothing's um, changing except for one hundred percent of the hosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we've got uh, 
we got a lot going on, man. We've got our own our own stuff going on. All right? <laughs> we all hey, have stories. You know, on on a related note, I noticed that uh, uh Stephen L. Trogi um had uh retired also, which mm-hmm. is really a huge coincidence from mm-hmm. the Happy Rant, which you're a, a host on. Yep. Um and uh there's going to be a new host next week. Yeah, that's right. That's the rumor. Is that exciting? Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean exciting, you know, qu- I think you have to quantify exciting here, you know, um, in in the sense that when people are talking about their jobs, like in a church lobby, and they say, "Oh, I heard you, you know, uh, got a, you know, something happened at work. Is that exciting?" And you say, "Yeah, that's exciting," <laughs> but not in the same way as like, you know, like surviving a car accident is exciting, or you know, sort of meeting a celebrity. You know what I mean? Okay, so so, so ex- ex- excitement wise, I would put it on the level of uh, what would I put it on the level of? In terms of excitement, um, I don't know. I, I I think like if you if you have a little cinnamon toast crunch left when you thought it was all gone. Yeah, that it's that feeling. Okay, yeah. okay. Or uh, no, you know what? I'll give you an example. Uh, <laughs> today in class, uh, I, I teach at a university and I'm um, with students every day. One of my students brought me a a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks Ooh. just for no for no good reason. That was a nice. That was exciting. You know. Yeah, that is exciting, and probably because uh, that student had kind of not put their all into the paper they turned in that day and wanted to butter you up, right? That could be, and it totally worked. <laughs> but I'm excited about it, but not in a long-term, like, life-changing sort of way. You so know it's what exciting I mean? on paper. It's ex- Yeah, it's, exci- it's exciting for a few minutes, you know, and, and that's kind of how I feel about the Happy Ram moving forward. I, I am excited about the new host. Uh, I think he's going to do an amazing job, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, Zach, how... Uh, how the how the show changes moving forward, you know, how the the dynamic of the group, so to speak. Now I know who the host is. Yeah. And I'm not going to say because we're quicker on getting this on the air than the happy rant is. Yeah. Um. Although if I assume Barnabas is taking over posting things, maybe it'll speed up. But yeah. uh, I I don't think that it's that exciting. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I think that what's going to happen here is that the the vibe is going to get really chill. Okay. Because like. Barnabas tends to be more laid back. You tend to be kind of like uh, reacting to things on the happy rant because you're yeah. usually going through your mail. And when they say yeah. your name, you kind of come to and then, and then you say, <laughs> and then you, they I, ask I you what you think to. about something and you say yeah. you don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then they all go, ah, oh, ah, that's Ted. This, this is, this has turned into like notes on my other show. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this is just my observations. Yeah, and, okay. and no, it was, it was very good in that everyone was kind of filling a, a void. You know, it, you know, there yeah, was, there true. was, Everybody had their job, kind of. Right, and I feel like kind of uh, Stephen then should be replaced by someone semi-neurotic, um, kind of overly critical, the guy yeah. who's going to sort of say the thing where you're like, whoa, did you just say that? And Stir the guy the that you've got, I feel, is is actually more kind of like you and Barnabas in that he's kind of laid back and and, and just kind of really encouraging and, and you know, somebody I, I've met and, and kind of know. Uh, yeah. And I'm afraid that unless somebody gets a little more aggressive, this whole thing is going to just sound like... <laughs> You know, a uh, uh, bunch of people just sort of patting each other on the back. Dude, it might. It might It might very well turn into that. What's exciting for me, Ted, is that I actually squeezed in there at the last minute, uh, uh-huh. and I wasn't actually on the Happy Rant per se, but I got to yeah. be involved in that I was uh, Chaz Marriott's handler that yeah. day when he was on the second-to-last El Trojo episode. That, was that exciting for you? I'll, I'll, throw the, I'll throw the excitement question back at you. What, what was your level of excitement vis-a-vis... You know, being on well, the, having the, worked with Chaz, you know that if you aren't visibly excited all the time, he gets really angry. <laughs> yeah, um, he demands that. Yeah, and he's he's a little he's a little bit kind of whiny about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. How exciting is it to sit there and, and hold your hand, cup your hand and let him spit uh, sunflower seed shells into it and get all sorts of like like a like a little standing saliva pool in the palm of your hand? I mean, it's not exciting, but but in its own way, it's it's rewarding, I guess. These are the things we do for entertainment, baby. And speaking of, um, you've got a little entertainment related news yourself, man. We got a little uh, a little book relaunch. Tell me about that. Tell me about uh why that's happening, what that's going to look like, uh, et cetera. Yeah, well, my book, The Last Con, came out in July. Okay. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, uh, both within my own uh, self and within the, the publishing world and, and, and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't really launch like books yeah. generally have a launch. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of an initial boom, push kind of thing. Uh, now, if you're going to make like a boom noise or, or that kind of analogy to describe the the actual launch of of your book, what would it be? <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> you went with a standard. That's a standard kind of disappointment noise, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And uh, there was a standard sort of disappointment involved. And it yeah. occurred to me as we're writing the gut check uh, book uh, guide to publishing. Yeah. Um, in indie, one of the things that's amazing is you can you can relaunch a book whenever you want because uh-huh. it never goes out of print. Yeah, and, you know, if we wanted now, we could say th- this is it. This next six months is all about the audiobook of Facing Tyson. Uh, you know, we've only sold like fourteen, but yeah. we're going to put all of our efforts behind pushing that. It hasn't faded away until we let it fade away. Uh, exactly. And it, it occurred to me that in traditional, as long as the book hasn't you know disappeared from shelves yet, and indeed mm-hmm. this one's still on you know new release shelves, mm-hmm. I can just decide. Date X is the new launch. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I'm doing. And I've written two short stories that are going to be free on November 9 and 10. Uh, I, I, I was pretty proud of this. One of the stories is called Playing St. Nick. Mm. Yeah. Is it a Christmas story, baby? Yeah, they're both Christmas stories. The, the collection, quote unquote, is just two stories, but the, the mm. cover has the title, um, God Rest Ye Motor City. Mm. Uh, and, and they're both, uh, one of them is kind of a prequel. To the last con, and one of them is kind of a sequel to Playing Saint. Uh, okay. They're both Christmas vignettes, so I'm doing oh, that on November nine and ten, and uh, and there's two two ninety nine uh, sale on the ebook. Okay. So that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm looking at. So if you haven't bought that book, uh, mm-hmm. I find that Gut Check people, um, Gut Check Army members, tend to get my my fiction more than anyone else. Like a lot, a do, wide yeah. variety of people read it. Uh, but it's because I hear gut back. check people are the best people. It I mean, is. if I could just be so bold as to say that, I think, you know, when I'm when I'm judging people, which I do often, uh, I find gut check people to be the best people. And, and my my books have kind of some a, a level of self awareness and snark and kind of pop culture re- referential kind of thing that mm-hmm. your your average uh, Christian fiction reader may not even grasp. It's kind of like when when you're the grown up watching Animaniacs or something with your kids. Right. And you're right. like, oh, there's the joke that was thrown in for me. There's a lot of jokes that are kind of thrown in for the gut check army. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the book itself is sort of like Ocean's Eleven meets the Da Vinci Code meets an inner city youth missions trip. Uh, you know, which in- are three of the most successful things on earth, <laughs> yes, including yes. the inner city missions trip. And yeah. and I think what I'll do is I'll wind up probably writing kind of a debrief of how this went in the hybrid author section of the gut check guide to publishing. Dude, I love it. So yeah, lots lots of things in that um, in that segment. So um, we have a new book, uh, the Gut Check Guide to Publishing, which will be out very soon. Uh, we're hard Christmas, at work on that. Said. Before Christmas, we're putting the uh, putting the finishing touches on that one, and it's going to be a uh, a funny but practical book that people can use 
uh, to navigate their way through indie and traditional publishing. And and now, baby, with your uh, with your re-release, um, well, first I want to I want to tell you about something. I I got the email. Uh, you uh, you emailed some uh, some very influential celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in of the course, world. you got it then. Yeah, of co- of course, I got it right. Myself, Jay Z, a few other dignitaries <laughs> whose names I'm not uh, not at liberty to mention, but Snoop Lion. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, at any rate, I want to let you know here on the air. Uh, I will commit to. Uh, I will commit to doing a blog post about oh, your book. Right, but uh, I may have my student write it. Remember my student who was going to do like PR stuff for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to write it, but I, I thought it would be funny and kind of interesting to have him do it. Let's do it. Well, yeah. Can we talk about that a minute? Like, like yeah. uh, how I I got one email from this guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I gotta send him a bio and a couple other things. He needs to do something. Uh-huh. And then I, I I forgot. Like, what happens with me is what happens with a lot of people, where mm-hmm. your email moves off the screen, and even though you marked it as uh, action item or whatever, you don't right. see it. Yeah, so it like, goes it goes down and then it's like it's effectively gone at that point. I found it six weeks later. Yeah. And I thought, wait a minute, this dude never followed up with me. And you know, I was thinking about the the publicity guys and marketing people that have been real successful that I've worked with and mm-hmm. how they are they're so just tenacious and mm-hmm. it, you know, they're they're annoying. They're so just like follow up, follow up, you know, I'm I'm gonna right, right. I'm gonna go to Carrie, Katie Couric's house and like hide in, you know, her garage and then and then uh, put a bag over her head and book you on her show. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought to myself and I and I said to you on an email, like I'm I'm going to wait and see if he follows up because mm-hmm. he's going to have to if he's going to have what it takes to to do anything with publicity. And I've got the impression you thought that wasn't like uh, like a Mr. Miyagi tough love kind of, you know, here's a lesson for you, but more like just me being a jerk. I, I did think that. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> what I thought, which is why I didn't respond to it at all. <laughs> And now you're gonna kind of do his homework. Is that an for him. awkward thing? Is that an awkward it's thing? It's not awkward. Us? No, I, I think it makes okay. it even funnier. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> no. But the thing of it is, man, the, the, he's a great kid. He's one of my favorite students, and he'll he'll do a great job. Did so. I hurt his feelings? Um, I don't know that you hurt his feelings. I, I just think, you know, I, I think students especially aren't they aren't fully formed, so they don't quite know how to take you know the the kind of humor that. Uh, you know that the, the you and I are apparently I didn't know how to take it because I, I just ignored it. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm not ready for it either. Maybe I'm not fully formed. Well, your kids you know? are going to love it. Yeah, Marty McFly. Love what? The, the the humor. Yeah, the kind of humor. But but I mean, like, even wouldn't he have thought like, did he get this email or or maybe I have the wrong address or just? I just think I think baby, I think he was a little intimidated by you. He didn't want to oh. want to be a bother. He didn't want to be a burden. You know, you know what, man? I feel like a jerk now. So you have him write that piece. And write the crap out of it. And maybe he'll, you know what, well, I'm going to write gonna him be... back today and I'm going to have him do a little thing for my blog too. Would that... Do it. He's going to need a little beautiful baby interview from, from you though. Nice. So give him, give him we'll five or ten minutes on the phone, answer some, uh, some questions. And, w- would that know? like meet the requirements for the class if he did the thing for your blog and, and an interview Dude, for it me? It totally would. It totally would. All yeah, right. Well, we'll right. do that and I'll stop being like, uh, I'll stop trying to be like the Robin Williams standing on the desk. No, like... dude, don't be the Robin Williams. He's got enough of that in his life. Man. Don't be the Mr. Miyagi either. <laughs> He's got enough Robin. You know what? Almost everyone in his life is Robin Williams, oddly enough. Everybody in his life is Robin Williams. I mean, he's a comm major at a private, you know, Christian college. He's got it's raining Robin Williams around. Yeah, you know, you you can't even be his captain anymore. He's down to like who's going to be like, you know, the 
I wish I knew more ranks in the military. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I would say an, an obscure one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who's going to be the private first class? Oh, you know? oh, private, my private. Yeah, right, my private. <laughs> which, which, which sounds a little, a little strange, as it turns out. <laughs> you know, here's something that we did talk about on the crappy episode that no one will ever hear. Okay. Uh, and that's the cover of the book. Yeah, uh, and I feel like even in discussing this, which is kind of an interesting thing to discuss, we did it in a boring and blasé way last okay. time. Yeah, we did. We kind of did, didn't we? We were just off, baby. We were yeah. in a, we were in a bad way last time. And, and I I was hoping that you were going to be like wanting to carry the show because you'd be all up, and you were hoping that I would, and both of us were just kind of like, eh, why are we doing this? And you know what? Guru deserves more from us. Don't you think? They do. They deserve the best of us, man. We've got the best of them. We've got cases of uh, all of their beautiful baby flavors. I'm sipping right now on uh, organic sparkling lime energy water. Um, and so we want to give them the best. We want to give our listeners the best. So uh, let's let's uh, talk about this cover in an engaging way. Let's do that. Yeah, let's let's make some good radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking to the church curmudge about the cover, and he, he suggested... Um, Ottinger, a buddy of mine, showed me, uh, gave me the name of the the sci-fi artist that he had in, that he had been thinking of and referencing. Uh, yeah. These kind of like uh, woman in a in a metallic bikini with like a tiger and a dragon behind her, like kind of a okay. off the wall odd cover. Yeah, I like that for a publishing book. And then uh, yeah, me too. I like that for any book, like anything that's <laughs> just kind of like I like the. Uh, I'm going to overblow what I'm promising to the point of humorous. And then that <laughs> yeah, way, if yeah. you're, if it doesn't meet your expectations, that's all part of the joke, right? <laughs> hey, what about, what about for that character on the cover? Uh, Sylvia Plath's face superimposed over Pamela Anderson Lee's body. That works for both male and female readers. <laughs> Which works for, from both a prurient and an ironically funny standpoint, does it not? <laughs> Ted, forget the cover. You are okay. you are segueing into the, what I really <laughs> want to talk about, which is what I'm really super excited about. Okay. Which is, uh, the, the veteran editor, uh, smug veteran editor, smug veteran editor. Yeah. It, it, here's for the background for everyone listening. We are almost done with this book. And Ted said, what needs to be finished? I'm going to write some more, uh, because I don't have classes today. And I said, what we need is the James Suckling Equivalent. element. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, explain what that means. Well, in, uh, in our, our last super successful book, the, uh, Christian gentleman smoking companion, we had these, um, we had lots of serious stuff, lots of, uh, you know, interviews and profiles and uh, and how-to type stuff on cigars. But we also had these little funny vignettes that were sort of sprinkled throughout the book. Um, and they were these sections called uh, Great Moments in Literature and Film If One Character Had Been Replaced by Cigar Aficionado Magazine's James Suckling. <laughs> so I rewrote all these scenes. Like Romeo and Juliet or Gone with the Wind. Uh, a lot of these different scenes. A lot of the ones that I used for this book. But... Uh, if a if a character had been replaced by James Suckling, um, but what we realized with this publishing title was we needed similar like comic relief throughout the book, and to make um, it gut check, yeah, to make it gut check, to make it funny and entertaining for the uh, for the reader. So uh, I came up with this character called Smug Veteran Editor. Um, it could be any gender. Yeah, so I like that. It was always said he slash she. He slash she. Really awkward so. to read. Yeah, not a hermaphrodite really, but it could go just go either way. It could be a guy or a girl, but. Uh, but the idea being that this this smug veteran editor has been in the industry so long, um, you know they've seen everything. They're jaded, and what what we did with it was uh, we put forth several classic books, including The Catcher in the Rye, uh, Augustine's Confessions, um, and and we had a smug veteran editor write comments on each one. So what their what their comments would be, 
Uh, but then we expanded it to movies and even like life scenarios. So, uh, <laughs> which, is where, which was my favorite stuff. Yeah, smug veteran editors, dating life, um, you know, some car trouble, lots of different things. But, because the idea being that this editor, this person whom we've both met, I mean, this person exists in real life in, in various forms and, and the, in various the places. Key phrases in the quote unquote notes are the, they're so spot on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but, but the idea being this person can't stop editing. Like, <laughs> He or she is just always editing every aspect of their life and always giving comments. So that was the uh, that was the idea. That was the premise. so. An example is uh, SVE. It's SVE for short. SVE's significant other location. Okay. Uh, what was it? I'm, I'm doing this from memory, but I read it like four times, so I'm, it's pretty good. Location, m- various places, but mostly an Olive Garden in a sad strip mall. Or yeah. Something like yeah. That. <laughs> and then yeah. there's there's editorial notes on each person uh, book or movie it's so funny dude yeah thank you man thank you yeah i'm super excited about that i'm excited about the book so um cover wise what have we decided man i know we we kind of had this discussion and we had it on the air in a sad way last time but uh well i don't know we had come to anything we had come to a a decision that it was going to be pretty straightforward because we we knew that this had broader appeal than just the gut check army like the smoking book did uh, so it, it wasn't going to be something wacky way out there. And I yeah. think you, you had your quote unquote late night epiphany that we should okay. just where where you were like, most people have like their crazy ideas in the middle of the night. <laughs> you woke up in the midst of like having a, you know, a life full of crazy ideas and we're like, oh, what if it was boring and super straightforward? Yeah, I literally said we need to make it as boring and straightforward and, and easy as possible so and that I nobody agree. gets... Yeah, so that nobody gets uh, confused by it, you know, so that everybody knows kind of what what the deal is. And I suggested maybe we try and find a couple little odd things we could put on just for, you know, so that people weren't like, wait, gut check sold out. Uh, But then what what happened during the uh, recording of the sad uh, episode Uh was that uh, we decided to switch it up and and read uh, some Michael Hyatt tweets instead of instead of the usual (laughs) tweets we read. And what did we find? (laughs) I don't remember. What did we find? We found that his... His, Michael Hyatt's cover photo on Twitter was exactly, <laughs> exactly what we had described we were going to oh, do. Oh, that's true. Which almost makes it better. Like, an- yeah, it does make it better. <laughs> so I say we stick with it. I say we do too. And what, yeah, and and what we decided to settle on was sort of the the obnoxious kind of perfect writer's desk photo that all your writer friends on Twitter are constantly posting about their desk, right? What about if there's just like. Three like wrapped stacks of hundred dollar bills also on the desk. Dude, that would be incredible. Like to overpromise. Yeah, to over. I, I love overpromising. Yeah, I think that would be great. What else could just be kind the of implica- like on well, the, desk? the implication there being Zach that if you buy this book and do everything therein, you'll you too will be rich. Right, but we don't actually come out and say it. That has to wait until the forward by Chaz Marriott where he does promise that. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> I think in wrapping the stacks of money, and this is getting really deep into the joke, and what, and what we're doing here is running the risk of doing what we always do, which is making a joke that's so like niche of a niche that only you and I get it. But Yeah, which kind of describes most of what we've done. Most of what we've ever done. But again, vis-a-vis the stacks on the cover, <laughs> <laughs> I think the exact denomination, the, the exact amount of money in the stack should be like 2.4 thousand dollars. <laughs> It should be the sum total of the profits of this media empire. Dude, that is very dated information. But Yeah, it is. We, we've made... I actually referenced how, how we were a little bit, in, in part of the book that I wrote, I referenced how we were a little bit sad when we started making real money because we couldn't make that we joke anymore. We couldn't make anymore. that joke anymore. I know it. I know it. 
you know but, what? Uh, I, you know no, what I as an admit? homage, though. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know what I have to admit? Huh. I'm on Michael Hyatt's Twitter again because uh-huh. I wanted to see that picture again, and it is funny. And we should use exactly that kind of thing. Um, but I'm looking at a tweet here, and I and, and I know I'm getting out of order, and I know I'm Uh-oh. not doing the I'm not doing the setup, and I'm not doing all the stuff that we usually do. But one of his tweets is, "Hold on, let me play the randomizer." Beep 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 yeah. beep beep. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of his tweets is, my home for the next six days aboard the Regal Princess. It is the most beautiful cruise ship I've ever been on. <laughs> and, then he posts a picture, and then he posts a picture of the room, like the, 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 the quarters on the cruise ship. You know what I'm doing right now? Looking at it, I hope. Uh, I'm going to look at it, and then I'm going to copy and paste it without <laughs> any alteration onto Chaz Marriott's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, dude, dude I love that's, it. That is exactly the kind of thing that you would that you would uh, or I would put on on the Chaz Twitter account. Oh, dude, is it not? Yeah, it is. It is exactly the kind of thing we would put on there, dude. And, and there's there's another. Can I can I just do another one? Yeah, do, go ahead. Do you know what? Take the next twenty minutes if you want. <laughs> Fire up the randomizer again if you want. <laughs> there's another one that says th- this isn't the funny part, but the graphic is the funny part. If you want to be more productive, get more sleep. And then there's a there's like a Vizio like flowchart that's so sort of convoluted and complicated about sleep that like no one would ever read it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holy crap, dude. We have like dude, we have 37 notifications on this uh Chaz uh on the Chaz uh the Chaz Marriott? Yeah. Wow. Baby, what are they? Read some of them. Uh, I, I haven't opened it. I, I'm sure they're just uh, people uh, talking about Chaz after the appearance on the Happy Rant. Dude, Chaz um, has a lot of followers. He has more every day, man. Not quite as many as the 256,000 that Michael Hyatt has. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you put it into perspective. You if know. you want to be more... Pro- oh, I'm looking at the ch- flow chart. Holy cow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I hope that was meant as a joke. I, I don't know that it was, is the thing. You know what I like about Chaz's Twitter page? Hmm. The picture of Ch- <laughs> the picture of Chaz, yes, in his in his sink tub, to- <laughs> talking on his corded phone with, <laughs> with his other like uh, bathroom sink accoutrements around him. He makes it look like life is really easy and fun, but I mean, the world is changing. A nuclear ten years ago was the preferred waste. You know, and everybody would let you dump it. Uh, but exactly. I mean, these days he's lucky if if he makes one deal a year. Everyone's a detective. Exactly. You know, exactly. Chaz is also a detective. He is of he, sorts. He's a he's a business detective, <laughs> if you will. I mean, stay with me. I'm staying Actually, with you. Is there more? Or no, that's that's all. <laughs> he has uh, a lot of different business cards, though. Just like some people have a lot of different URLs. Yeah. You know? Exactly. All right. Posting my home for the next six days aboard the Regal Princess. It is the most beautiful cruise ship I've ever been on. Should I put the picture to or just leave the text like it's an, like it's a lie? <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing the text. Okay. Yeah, either way. Either <laughs> That's way. That's great, man. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. So, baby, we've talked about your relaunch. That's going to be huge. Is there anything – I may have asked you this before, but I think we got – you know, we had like digressions of digressions there for a while. But um, – is there anything that you need the Gut Check Army to do besides obviously going buy a book? Is there any sort of online, like live live chat? Is that a thing? I don't even know. I'm not even. You know, I am. On the I am really. totally going to do a like very brief uh, launch party thing. 
Um, and okay. so they can go to just my blog, ZacharyBartles.com, and click blog, and I'll, and I'll have a thing about that. And if you know, it would be really awesome if everyone bought a book. Yeah. Um, they can get the the ebook for just two ninety nine uh, or the paperback. Um, it'd be really awesome if people tweeted on the ninth about about the last con. Uh, yeah. I would I would love that. And and you know the more people doing that, uh, the more people are going to see that, and not necessarily the more people are going to buy the book, uh, because Twitter is actually uh, you know here, here's here's the open secret a horrible way to try and sell books. Mm. Which runs counter to like every single thing that you've heard at every publishing conference for the last like five years. Yeah, well, it's it's absolutely maybe at one point it was, but mm-hmm. I, I mean. I, you're not on Twitter uh, apart from the gut check account, and yeah. y- you have sold exactly as many books as you would have if you were on Twitter every day, oh. you know, building your brand. It's just mm. you can get um, – here, here let, let me describe something I did over Halloween. Sure. I, I had – I wanted to sell my book, Playing Saints, uh, give it a push because it's, it's kind of scary. It's got blood dripping down the cover, so the only time I can think Makes of sense. to sell it, Halloween. Yeah. So I mobilized uh, a group that I'm part of. Okay. Uh, that involves six New York Times best-selling authors. Wow! I did not earn my way into this group. It was it was gifted to me by uh, somebody, a gatekeeper that that I had a relationship with. So mm. they all tweeted about it, and, and about eight or nine other, most of them well-known and award-winning authors who write yeah. in exactly the same genre, who have, I would say, a combined seventy-five to a hundred thousand followers. Mm. In addition to that, I did the Facebook ad. Where I okay. boosted, I just boosted a post that had a yep. really great graphic, and I had about, I'm gonna say, uh, 77. I'll go back and look before I write about this in our book. Uh, likes on that, and a bunch of people saying, "Ooh, I should read this. This looks good." And then, like you know, Jim, you know, Mankiewicz, you need, mm-hmm. you know, like like linking their friends. Yeah, all the kind of stuff that would make you think, "Holy cow, sales galore!" Right? Sales galore. It's gonna be raining money. Well, it was one of these Stacks. things where, at the time, it said uh, on the Amazon page, and all these just linked to Amazon. Uh-huh. On the Amazon page, it said only uh, eleven left in stock. Order soon. Mm. More mm. on the way. Something like that. Yeah. After that giant push. Yeah. Nine left in stock. Oh no! Granted, the ebook did go up in the rankings, and it's yeah. possible that everyone went and bought you know a used copy for two dollars plus yeah, shipping. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't help my sales, uh, you know, vis-a-vis the royalties mm-hmm. at all, except for two uh, copies. <laughs> so and basically, I could have bought those two copies for, for less trouble and money. Um, so, yeah, Twitter and social media, really, they're, this is something that we're going to write about in the book. I'm going to tell you what to do instead. Uh, they're, they're horrible for trying to sell books. You're, you're talking to thousands of other authors who want to sell you their books. And so right. everyone's just shouting past each other. But you know what? It makes you feel like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's uh, that's why you do it, right? What do you do, Ted, to make to, to feel like you're doing something to, to push your book since you're not on Twitter? Well, oddly enough, I do nothing. Um, <laughs> as and, luck and would even, have it? Even, as luck would have it, yeah. Funny enough. Funny you should ask. Um, no, I, I do this podcast. Uh, I do the other podcast, The Happy Rant. You do talk about books enough on that, where that we talk about books on there, and, and we talk about books on here. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think between the two, it's a it's a pretty legitimate like marketing effort. I I blog uh, sometimes. Um, <laughs> you're you're blogging more and more again. I am blogging more. I'm I'm in a kind of an upswing for blogging. Um, and you've been up on the the Blazing Center, and I noticed that you'll put something on your blog and also on the Blazing Center. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. I'm going to do that now too. I actually don't know if I can do that, but but that's what that's the thing that I do. So um, maybe I'll let I that handle. be your thing. 
but uh, but yeah, no, I uh, I do the podcast, I blog, and I try to say yes to every uh, radio interview that the publisher will set up and, and print interview. Like if they set up any print or radio, I say yes. But that's that's it, man. That's all I do. What about when someone emails you and says like, "Would you do an interview on my blog?" and and you go and look at that blog and it's obvious no one reads it. How do you handle that? Um. I haven't had a lot of those, to be honest, man. I feel like maybe I would do something short or maybe I would, you know, because usually those interviews, the way they want to do it is sort of they want to send you the questions and, and, you know, have you write answers. And sometimes I'll like copy and paste and just cobble some some stuff together that I've written in the past. Mm, So uh, if I could do it easily and and without a lot of effort, I would I would do that. But uh, um I've yeah, had a number know. of those. Like, you know, he, he, would you do this? And I'm always just like, well, it'd be dumb to say no, but at the same time, yeah, it, yeah. To th- think, that's like writing. It's like writing and thinking and uh, about what you're going to write and putting together stuff, and then not having any readership, which is. I think that's more common in fiction. Have you gotten this one in in the promotion cycle? This is a question I've gotten a couple times. Like, where the publicist will say, um, you know, will you write a two thousand word feature for? you know, Christian homeschool mom today. And then I write back and ask, yes, how much will I be paid? And the publicist is like, oh, nothing. It's just promotion for your book. Yes. Have you gotten that one? In fact, I got that from a publicist that uh, I I don't even have an actual relationship with. I had just uh, queried about something. Uh-huh. And uh, she wrote back with, "Oh, I'm glad that that you happened to email me because I'm looking for someone to write this for this this uh, Christian fiction based uh, webzine type thing, and uh, it's this many words and it's about this and it, it's uh, not a straightforward promotional thing, but you can uh-huh. you know you'll have your byline at the end where you can say what you've written, and <laughs> you know I did it. Yeah, I did it. Okay." And, and I think maybe part of it is, and I know that, that you now are in the same position as, as I am, where where your main uh, kind of source of, of income and how you make your living is no longer writing books. That's a supplemental thing. Right, right. Uh, and, but I think because you, for so many years, that was what you did. Right. That was your main thing. And then teaching on the side, uh, yeah. that, that you had an, an attitude of, this is what I do. You know, this is yeah. how I feed my family. So of course I'm not going to do it for free. Whereas I being a re- relatively newbie a and, and B, you know, it's, it is something that I was just doing for, for fun for so long until quite recently. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, I can write a thing. And will it turn into someone buying the book? Even one, probably not. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what the benefit is there other than you're, you're just kind of making friends. Yeah, making friends, more exposure, I guess, getting your name out there. But uh, but and yeah, I never want to be the guy who's like, well, he won't do it unless there's something in it for him. Yeah, yeah. It seemed distinctly to me like kind of a cheap, sad magazine trying to get free content. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's how it felt. You know, that's how it felt to me. But really, uh, Christian Homeschool Mom, because I've been to their headquarters. It's amazing. Dude, yeah, they actually have a huge operation. It, that was a bad example. It's a skyscraper shaped like a jumper. <laughs> it's actually it's actually khaki. It's a khaki skyscraper <laughs> with a corporate logo kind of applique on it. And, and each of the windows is like a, a kind of a, a little uh, void in like the burlap of the <laughs> the jumper, of the khaki jumper. Dude, that's awful. You hey, guess what? I'm, actually, what's that? It's awful in part because. <laughs> Because, like, I, I live with a homeschool mom now. Oh, we're, you do? We're homeschooling now. so Only she's quite like, stylish. I, she's very stylish. I feel like, in a way, I can make these jokes in a, in a new way. I can make the jokes in a way that I never 
kind of was was empowered to make the jokes before. Like before, it was just like the mean kind of outsider trying to make the joke. But now, I mean, now that now that we're homeschooling insiders, I feel like I can make that joke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's in love now. It is. It it absolutely is. <clears throat> By the way, I'm on our Chaz Marriott page here. You know how uh-huh. it always tells you who to follow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it wants us <laughs> badly to follow Andy Stanley. Okay. Whose whose picture I see here is a heart with the words "Be Rich" under it. Mm-mm. Oh, that's precious. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. I think it means "Be Rich" and in, in. Are you sure it's a heart, or is it is it stacks of money fashioned into a heart? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you look hey, closely, you just made a sound that reminded me of something funny because the sound you made was. Hmm. <laughs> Do you know why I find that funny? <laughs> why? Because that's. That is exactly the sound you made at the end of the the last happy rant, um, <laughs> in which in which Stephen was trying to come up with a sign off, and 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 kind of it was decided that his standard sign off would be the most mm-hmm. kind of meaningful moment. Yeah, and he yep. said, "Until next time, peace the heck out." And then and then before <laughs> it cut off, you went, "Hmm." Mm. <laughs> It, maybe it was a profound moment. I mean, it's one of those radio moments that uh, you'll always remember where you were. You right, know? right. I was I mean, right for, here. When I was for me, I was, I was, you know, kind of hunched over <laughs> my computer and my podcast microphone. As, I thought you were going to say you were hunched over your a stack of mail. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When he signed off for that last time, I put the, I put the mail down for a minute. You know? <laughs> there it is. And I said, you know what? I'm I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to be fully invested, dude. It actually made me sad, and and I get I get kind of worked up about things like that. Okay. I don't know him, you know. I I I've, I don't know him well. I've emailed with him, and yeah. and honestly, I I listen to that program uh, when I'm doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. It just it just seems sad to me. Anytime there's like a, a parting, it, mm-hmm. it wrecks me. One time, my wife and son were away, and I yeah. and I get all like sad and emo then. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm going to watch The Office. And I accidentally watched the episode of The Office when Michael leaves, and I hadn't oh, seen no. it before. Oh. And I'm like, dude, literally, like, fighting back tears at, like, a 35-year-old man, you know, sitting there watching – I almost said TiVo watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet of you, baby, to share that. I mean, that's a that's a kind of a softening look at normally a, a, a very hard man. A very caustic so, person. Caustic, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's giving the that's giving the audience, the listeners, and your readers another side of your character. Well, I, you know, I'm trying to you be know? a little bit raw. Show show the raw place. You know, speaking of the raw places, sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell this story <laughs> about your boots? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, so I I had these boots, and uh, and I think you know the boots that I'm referring to, right? The um, I know the boots, man. Yeah, I I remember uh, I I saw you wearing the boots one time, and I was like, hey, is it okay if I if I compliment your boots? Yeah, and, and you had to kind of consider for a minute. And you, we decided it was all right for me to say say that I liked your boots. No, of course it is. Of course it's all right. I, I love the boots. I've had them for a couple of years. They were a gift from KK. Uh, she got them for me before we went to France because she felt like they would, uh, you know, the French would appreciate uh, the boots, and they did. And um, <laughs> you know, the French love boots. They, it's something they well known about the them. So, so wore the boots all over France, wore them, you know, I've, I've worn them almost every day since we got back and, uh, and I love them and I teach, uh, I teach in them almost every day. But, but the other day I, I wore the boots and I was walking around the, the, the building here on campus and you know that feeling where you've got like a balled up like section of sock in your shoe and it's just really unsatisfying. I like hate you, that. 
it feels weird and it feels a little bit painful, but not enough to really like sit down and investigate it in the midst of a of a hairy day. Like if your well, t- sock is turned a little bit and like the seam from the side is like pressing at the bottom yeah, of your foot. That's pressing the worst. at the bottom of your foot and or like there's yeah, just a, a the sock sits wrong and it's kind of balled up. Anyway, so <laughs> no, I get let's, back. let's suss that out a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, let's lean into it. So uh, <laughs> so I get back to my office. I take the boot off, Zach, and uh, and I realize that um, I, I didn't know a lot about boot construction. Like there, <laughs> there, were, there were things about the boot that I just took for granted that I didn't really know. <laughs> One thing being that the arch support is actually like a bar. There's like a metal bar in there. Really? And what had happened was I'd worn the boots so often, the metal bar had come loose, and it was just sort of like floating around in my boot such that it ended up down by like the, the toes, like where the toe part is. <laughs> Dude, which this explains, is awful. Yeah, it's horrible, which explains why like the boot felt so painful. And in fact, the, the really sad part of the story, Zach, is that I kept wearing them that way for like, <laughs> Two more days. <laughs> Did you Just get like some I, kind of blister or? No, I didn't get a blister. Like my back started hurting. Like every <laughs> my gait, my, my gait, meaning the manner, the manner of walking. Right, not uh, not the door to your backyard. Yeah, yeah, right. I no, I just wanted to explain that. But uh, my my gait was such it was out of alignment, <laughs> and uh, and I said to KK, I said, you know, my 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 back sore, and uh, and and she said. It's because you're still wearing those uh, those those broken, broken boots. boots. So I need to find a cobbler. I need to find a shoe guy here in town who can <laughs> who can cobble my boots back together. You'll find a hipster cobbler who uses only like 19th century tools. In a, Dude, in a I've got to think there's hipster cobblers down here, man. I've just got to find the right one. Ted, you know? you know what that reminds me of, dude? It reminds me of the episode of Downton where, um, oh, good grief, who's who's the guy who married Anna Bates? Mr. Bates. Bates. Uh, like bought that gizmo to try and fix. His, oh, that's uh, right. his limp, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to try and better his limp, and uh, he wound up like just jacking himself up really, really bad. Uh, but yeah, he that kept looked wearing super it. painful, didn't it? It was, it was like this elaborate system of like trusses and pulleys, and and you know, it looked awful. And I imagine that's exactly what it was like to wear that boot. It really was. It was very painful. <laughs> Dude, Downton's going to start here in America in January, and then we're going to oh. have that to talk about, man. Yes. Oh, I can't wait, man. It's been a Downton uh, drought. You know, there hasn't been enough Downton. I keep waiting but for ba- somebody to mock us for that, and nobody has. Not even, not even Cliff Graham. But baby, I'm on the, I'm on the blacklist now, man. I'm on that. Yeah, the blacklist is is the money. Uh, Red Reddington, man. Raymond Reddington. Unbelievable. One of the one of the best characters in TV history, man. You know who I guy. like. And I don't know how far you are along, but I like the uh, the Israeli Mossad chick. Oh, she's great. And you I know, also liked the uh, the British accent uh, Indian CIA lady. Oh, yeah, I liked her too, man. I liked but her too. If you're British, I don't know how you get into the American Central Intelligence Agency, but whatever. I don't either, but you know what? That's willing suspension of disbelief there, Zach. You're overthinking it. <laughs> You know, speaking of suspension of disbelief, yeah. uh, shall we shall we kind of end with this longish segment that we've talked about doing each and every week? <laughs> we should. Which uh, which segment is that, baby? The segment where we now serialize the entirety mm. of the book Reraptured by reading a chapter or a portion of a chapter each and every episode. I love that idea. I think we should do that. And I think today uh, we'll start with the uh, the front matter in the book and. Um, being that it's gut check and our on our own project, we had the, uh, you know, we kind of had the the ability to uh, to do this and to do it exactly the way that we wanted it. So we we started the book Reraptured, and again, this is available uh, on Amazon. 
Audible.com. Uh, you can get it for your Kindle or your other uh, uh, electronic reading device. You know what, Ted? I'm going to say, I'm going to commit right now yeah. to saying this one will also be available as a hard copy, a, a, a paperback, mm. uh, perfect bound by Christmas. You can, you can buy wait. it for all the uh, sensationals in your life. It should be under under every evangelical Christmas tree all uh, all around the globe, and under every evangelical's pillow. Oh, I love it. I love it. I would I would like that too. Um, so the way the way that we started this book was the way that I feel like we've started many projects, which <laughs> yes. is uh, with a disclaimer. So uh, this is uh, obligatory, painfully obvious, over the top disclaimer under the heading. Read this first. Here we go, baby. The serialized version of Reraptured. What you're about to read is, of course, a gut check press satire. But here's the thing you need to know. It's not meant to mock, parody, or satirize classical or progressive dispensationalism as theological systems, nor to skewer any of the respectable theologians who have devoted themselves to the study of the same. Although none of us subscribe to any form of dispensationalism, we do believe in theological diversity as touches non-essential outlying matters of faith, and have respect for all systems that adhere to and, em- and emphasize. Did you just yawn? Yeah, I wrote this, but I find it boring. Go ahead. It is pretty boring. <laughs> no, it's totally boring. On the contrary, this is a satire of what Christian pop culture has done with these things. It's a satire of, among other things, what we like to call, and this is, this is I think, the good part, Zach, sensationalism. In these pages, we are at times poking at our own foibles, but mostly offering up some healthy yucks at a yucky phenomenon which places non-essentials at the center of the faith and revels in carrying these non-essentials to absurd extremes, a practice which is, at best, a a distraction from the preaching of the gospel and, at worst, an impediment to it. Um, I think think that's going to be good for the disclaimer. I think we get uh, get the point there. Now, what I'd like to do, Zach... Uh, is read some praise for Reraptured. So yeah, we always love fawning praise, even when we made it up. We do love fawning praise, and in the book business, this is sort of standard. I don't know if people know this, but but you're supposed to um, sort of impose upon your friends, and even and by your friends, I mean people who you've maybe even never met, and uh, and ask them to provide a blurb, a fawning blurb for your book. And we we got several of these for Reraptured. So here we go. Brief, clean in its line of argument, and engaging in its style of presentation. It carefully and faithfully takes on one of the, if not the, central <laughs> questions in the Christian conversation today. And that's from Doug Masters, a fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> this next one I love, man, and I, and I just am amazed by this young man. Here we go. <laughs> this young man. When the imagination of a writer and the passion of a theologian cross-fertilize, the result is a novel on the order of re-raptured. This book has the potential to do for our generation what John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress did for his. It's that good. It's that good. Corey Hartman, age four. Now, do you now, think Corey does listen to the, the program? I've noticed that he does a lot of time traveling and, and blurbing <laughs> of our books. Isn't that amazing, though, for a four-year-old to have that kind of preternatural understanding and grasp of a book this nuanced and layered? Um, here's, a, here's another one from, uh, from one of my favorite people. You ask me for a miracle... I give you gut check press. (laughs) And that's from Hans Gruber, entrepreneur. Yeah, I heard he teamed up with with Chaz Marriott recently. He he did. He did. They've done some exciting things together. Um, You know what? I'm going to jump to the last one um, from, again, a guy who we we both have a ton of respect for. 
Uh, here we go. When I finished the last page, I felt warmed, full of hope, and confident that this great book will echo with beauty in many, many lives, just as it is doing in mine. Also, I liked all the football. <laughs> Jesse Graves, firefighter, smoke jumper. <laughs> smoke jumper! Jesse! Jesse! <laughs> and of course, we, we first came into contact with Jesse Graves in, in that movie, Firestorm. Oh, Firestorm. Just a classic. And you know? I think that, that one, uh, I think it won a couple, it, it was nominated for a couple of Screen Actor Guild Awards. Uh, and, and I think it, it might have gotten uh, the, the uh, <laughs> Palme d'Or or whatever it is at, uh, at Sundance. Yeah, that's just a classic piece of film. Is that a Rennie Harlan, Zach? <laughs> you remember? That... I don't believe that was a Harlan. No. Does that have the, the, the fingerprints, the marks of Rennie Harlan all over it? Because <laughs> I, I feel like it. I, I feel like it wasn't quite. There wasn't enough um, kind of <laughs> random, I wish this was Artie moments for a Rennie Harlan. Yeah, 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 exactly. It was. Not up to that Rennie Harlan, John Woo standard that we've grown accustomed to. <laughs> Let's jump right into the prologue then, which is a brief little piece here, which is good because we're coming up on, on like an hour. Oh um, my goodness. But you know, I feel like, Ted, uh, we're having so much fun here. Yeah, this is a, this is the episode that last week's episode needed to be. And you know, if we we could even go, we could even go two hours and people would probably just feel like we were giving them what we had withheld before. I hope uh, so. Yeah. But let's I not push the envelope here. No, let's All right. <clears throat> Prologue. And remember, you were going to be uh, you're going to be the, the Bible scholar. You know? Okay. Prologue. Father Vincent Romano clears his throat. His eyes flit around nervously. Why he agreed to meet in a dark alley, he has no idea. This place is as foreboding as they come. The brick buildings butting up to the alley are crumbling. A security lamp flickers on and off, and a column of broken steam continually <laughs> chugs up from the storm sewers below, completing the noir feeling of the setting. Father Vincent checks his watch again, 11.48 p.m. The mystery man is 18 minutes late. He pulls the note from his pocket and rereads it. We must talk, it reads. Oh, sorry. We must talk, it reads. I know, <laughs> I know what you've gotten yourself into. If you value your life, meet me tonight behind. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. It couldn't be avoided. The trench-coated man stands outside the ring of light cast by the security lamps. He is wearing a fedora, and his face is obscured by a deep shadow. <laughs> Father Vince's pulse quickens. I forgive you. Now what's all this about? The man chuckles darkly. One thing at a time, my papist friend. One thing at a time. Vince pulls at his clerical collar. Um, I'm Episcopal. I know, Vincent. There's very little about you that I don't know. But you just said... <laughs> Let me cut to the chase, as they say. <laughs> you have placed yourself in grave danger without even realizing it. You have become entangled with powers you cannot begin to understand. Ancient powers. The man steps into the light. He is older, probably in his 70s, thin but not scrawny, his hair slicked back in a <laughs> stunning pompadour. Father Vincent gasps. <gasps> I know you. You're the guy from TV. Pat Robertson. The man is turning a deep crimson. No, I'm not Pat Robertson. I am nothing like Pat Robertson. I have more viewers, better theology, and contrary to popular belief, I can more than double his performance on the leg press. Well, if you're not Pat Robertson, then you must be... The last person you'll ever see. Father Vince's lips <laughs> curl into a wry smile. What are you talking about? I thought you said I was in danger. You... <laughs> you are the man... <laughs> you are, the man says with a wicked grin. 
from me. With Panther, with Panther <laughs> speed, the man leaps into a flying front kick, catching Father Vince in the abdomen, <laughs> propelling him to the ground. With one hand, he yanks the young priest, 35 years his junior, from the ground and slams him to the brick wall. Your legs, Father Vince croaks. <laughs> They're so powerful. The old man laughs an evil laugh. Titanium knees, my papist friend. I'm Episcopal, he coughs weakly. Not anymore. Now you're just another X on my tribulation map. He pulls a loose brick from the wall with his powerful fingertips, hefting it above his head with genuine old man strength. Don't beat yourself up, kid. You never had a chance against Dr. Tim Van Shrimpy, Bible scholar. He brings the brick down hard upon the priest's skull. Then the lights go out. Oh, baby, I love our book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a fun one. So we're going to do this a little bit each week. Each episode, we're going to read uh, another serialized chapter of the book in order. <laughs> Look at uh, the so next chapter. It's so great. Should we read a little bit of the next chapter? No, no, let's save it. Let's save okay, it. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save it. I love it, though, dude. All the... <laughs> all the like, you are a danger names. from me. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Dude, Dynex, Lifeway, Gospel Coalition. <laughs> this is so funny. Baby, you know what? I've had such fun on this episode. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, like I feel like we weren't enforcing it all either. It was just real fun. I feel like I need to make an announcement. Okay. Are you ready? Uh-huh. I know that about an hour ago I retired from uh-huh. this program. Okay. Uh, I walked away at the height uh, of my power. Uh, at, some would say at the height of uh, of our success here on this show. Um, I've done some soul searching, um, <laughs> some thinking, and I would like to let the world know that I am coming back to the program. Okay, I'm unretiring as of as of right now. Uh, I've had such fun. It's been such a good ride. Uh, I needed to leave to spend some more time with my family. Um, I've done that, and uh, and now I'm back. I too have an announcement. Yeah, okay. uh, and and it's I don't know. This almost sounds at this point uh, coming you know timing wise that that I'm just kind of copying your announcement because it's the same announcement. But let me just make it. <laughs> yeah, um, I realized that I also announced my retirement uh, earlier this afternoon. Uh, as as we were recording this very episode, and I too found the space that I got away from the program and yeah. all of the kind of stress and just the constant, you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five, just to step back from that for a Maybe time. Maybe you've decompressed a little bit, haven't you? Yes, yeah. It You're was a, a new guy. It was like when you're scuba diving and you have to stop on the way back up and go in those, you know, one of those decompression stops. Only you know what I did, Ted? What'd you do? I strapped the scuba gear back on and I went straight back down to the bottom of the sea. And, and I'm, I'm ready for some more. And that's where we are, folks. We're at the bottom of the sea. And we will see you next time. My name is Jonas. I'm carrying the wheel. I love, I love, even just Thanks for all you've shown us. This is how